back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful host, John McDonald. That is me and my very, very good friend, Kyron Morrison. How you doing? Hi, you know, pretty good. Yeah, it's been, awesome. a, it's been a nice week. It's been sunny. And just now, at least here, it's coming rainy, so that's obviously perfect. I could smell it before. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, I, I, I was sort of playing, I was playing uh, Dying Light, which I'll get to in a minute, and uh, I could smell it. I was, I, my, I was, It wafted into my nostrils, and I was like... I smell rain. It's coming. Um, it's here. Yeah. Awesome. Have we all recovered from the week, from the last weekend? I mean, recovered in the sense that, sure, I feel awake and alive again, but I'm still yeah. bombed it's over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm still sad. It, it, I had that, that thing today where, it, like, all day I was, like, sitting on the couch. I'm going, this time last week we were doing this, and this time last week we were doing that. Yeah. Uh, good times. Good times, but unfortunately, we have to move on from from packs. Um, if you listen to our packs episodes, thank you very much. They were a lot of fun to do with some uh, extra help from some lovely indie devs and uh, some good friends of ours. They were very different things as well. They're yeah, really exactly. Done that sort of stuff before. We've... It was uh, it was it was new grounds for yeah. us. It was. It's a lot easier it to worked. control stuff when there's two of us. Yeah, yeah. It it worked though, it was good. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm very happy with how everything turned out. And I hope you guys were as well. But Kyron, do you want to tell me what you've been playing this week? Uh yeah, sure. It's been a pretty busy week for me personally. So mm-hmm. I haven't had heaps of time to play video games. Mm-hmm. Uh but the main one I've been playing is the other day I finally picked up well, I say finally, but I picked up our boy. Right. Now, PC. I want to hear about this because I heard someone talk about this earlier on the week and I I had no idea about it and it sounds awesome. So, yeah, it's basically, it's a game developed by a Norwegian indie studio called D-Pad Studios. And awesome. it's kind of not super infamous, but like it's well known for the fact that it was originally, it originally entered development in like 2007. Right. Yeah. And it's only just been finished and released this year. Jesus. So, you know, <laughs> it's about, about nine years in the in the oven better late than never yeah exactly and honestly from what i play i've only put about five or so hours into it but so far it's really good awesome uh so it's sort of it's sprite art but it's it looks so nice like the detail in the environments is amazing and like the subtle little character animations are really really nice to look at and just how it plays is so again so far it might throw some new challenges at me but it's very simple and easy to pick up and I just keep going. Awesome. I keep just staring at awe in the areas that I'm going through because it just looks so nice. Yeah, I must admit, I had a look at a few screenshots and uh, like a, like the launch trailer for it. And yeah, I'm I'm very interested in playing this. Yeah, the best way to sort of describe it, I guess, is a it's a side scroller at the most part, but uh-huh. not like stage one to one, one to two, one to three sort of side scroller. You sort of explore areas that are in- interconnected, I guess, sort of like a Metroid game, but not really. Okay. It's right. it's really cool, though. The story at first, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, this is kind of cool. You play as like Otis, this owl kid who no one <laughs> likes, and they all just dump on him. And I was like, <laughs> oh, come on, guys. Like, geez, cut me a break. Especially his mentor, whose name I forget. It starts with S, but he's just the biggest jerk to you. Like, oh no matter what you do, he's always just like, well, I just screwed this up. I'm like, fuck you, man. I was doing my best. <laughs> Jeez. I, g- give me a break. That's rough. But uh, a particular plot point happened in the game just tonight before we recorded 
And honestly, my emotional investment in the game has skyrocketed because I'm just like, wow. Whoa. Yeah, like, it's just something simple. Like, a, a town, a city gets destroyed, and you're like, oh, okay. And then the next scene is, like, really your characters. Like, because basically it's Otis and his two buddies at the moment. Okay. And one of them, like, it's just... Because the game sets itself pretty lighthearted. You know, it starts in a nice little village, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is pretty cool being an owl person flying around. Yep. And when you come back after the city gets destroyed and your town's kind of like taking in refugees and they've had to build like a graveyard. Oh, jeez. And like one of the characters is like, it's just like, did we do this? And I'm like, whoa. Whoa. This got heavy. This got real heavy. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's really cool. And I'm, I, it's like Square Enix heavy. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, <laughs> it's weighing me down. But it's, it's really interesting. And I definitely recommend checking it out. I think it just went off special on Steam because it was like it had like a, a a very small discount because it was a new release. But even then, yeah. like I would recommend paying full price for it. It's so far only on PC, but uh, hopefully console we'll get a look in later because I would love for this game to see a wider release. It's really yeah really special. Well, it it, it seems from all the the talk I've heard about it, like I like I said, I knew nothing about this game until. Literally at the start of the week when I was watching, I think, um, Easy Allies Frame Trap and uh, Ben Moore was talking about it and I was like, what's this game? It sounds great. <laughs> and I looked it up and I was like, holy shit, this looks great. But everything I've heard about it from, from then on, I, I've heard more and more about it. Uh, and people have just been raving about it and saying it's great. So Yeah, for a game that was in development for nine years, it definitely looks like it was worth the wait from what I've played so far. It's nice to have like a good story like that come out. Uh, uh, especially this year. Hey man, and, like know, we're we're like two weeks away from fifteen. It's gonna be one of one of the best games that ever gets released. It'll be <laughs> one fine. Of the Don't worry. One of the one, greats. One of, one of the greats. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> oh gosh, but that's basically uh, yeah. it. Like it's been a full one week. We we squeeze in some Overwatch, but we haven't got Sombra yep. yet. So you know, not much to yeah, say there, honestly. Us scrub console players yeah. haven't got access to the PTR, so we don't have a chance to play with it yet. Poor but hopefully, us. in the next few days, I would say. I I wouldn't be surprised if it lines up with the free weekend next weekend. Oh yeah, actually, so then the service just crash. Or maybe maybe like Wednesday next week for us. Maybe, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. But hopefully. Anyway, that's it for me. But why don't you tell me what you've been playing, Joel? Well, Karen, I've been playing actually a lot this week, and I've I've only chosen two games, and these are the two that I've played probably the most this week, and the rest I'm going to save for future episodes, <laughs> I think. I'm going to ration out my games. I sort of launched into about six different games post-packs, and um, yeah, uh, I've spent, sorry, the, the majority of time with these two. Um, the first game, like I mentioned before, I've been playing Dying Light. Uh, with te- technically, I've been playing Dying Light, the following Enhanced Edition. Um, the better version. Yeah, exactly. So the the, the one that works, and so far it, it, it's worked. It hasn't crashed or anything like that on me, so which is good. And it also came with all the DLC as well, which I haven't even touched yet. Having said that, I've spent probably, uh, roughly, I guess you'd say, 10 to 12, maybe close to even to 15 hours in the game. Um, and I'm about 22% of the way through the storyline. Uh, it's great. It's really, really, really good. And I'd, I'd heard it was really good. And I'd even hired it when it came out before the, the, the Enhanced Edition came out and whatnot as well. Um, 
and I I liked what I played. I just never got around to playing it. And I I I picked it up at like looked at it in stores going, I should get this eventually, I should get this eventually, and it never did. And I finally took the plunge last week before PAX. Obviously didn't get a chance to play it much over the weekend at PAX. Um, but yeah, Monday and Tuesday I had off from work as well, so my recovery from the weekend was was basically playing Dying Light. And yeah, like I said, it's great. So if you're not sure about Dying Light, it is a zombie... Uh, the best way to describe it is zombie parkour, first-person zombie parkour game. Um, you set in this... Uh, the, the city of Haran, and uh, yeah, basically there's been a zombie outbreak, shit's gone wrong, you've been flown in to find a mysterious file that's supposedly going to help cure, I guess, um, you're working for like a government corporation, but as you get there, you sort of start to say, fuck you to the government corporation, and help out the people that are sort of living in this, uh, this uh, sort of safety safe house called the Tower. And yeah, you go out on runs and you do missions for people. There's side quests. It's open world, uh, first person, all those kind of tropes you would expect. But it just does every little bit of those beats well. Um, like, not like game changing, but well. Like, it does it really, really competently. And it's a good thing. It's refreshing just like, to have a game. It's like, oh, this all works. Like, a, a free running system that actually feels good and feels fluid. Like, you know, and I've already started, like, because the map's not overly big, or the parts that I've unlocked of it anyway, or I've explored of it anyway, aren't overly big, but um, I've already started, I'm like, oh, cool, I need to get back to the tower now, all right, I'm here, I kind of know this area now, so I can, I've got my route that I can go through, it's like, oh, this area, I know I can jump over to here, and I can do this, and um, especially with some abilities that I've got now, so I can jump from, uh like tall heights and I can hit circle and do like a like a forward roll I guess you would say like a you know to cushion the blow so I don't take uh, as much damage or any damage at all from it which is really handy um and yeah it's it's just really fun like the storyline's a little like you know heavy-handed on the cheese as I said before, I was saying to you before Kyron um but like you know I'm not in it for the storyline the storyline is okay for what it is it does its job. It gives me sort of momentum and, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I was going to say, it sounds like it's just, it's serviceable. Like, yeah, exactly. It gets it, the job done. Exactly. That's what it is. It's like, it's pretty, pretty safe by, by, um, by storyline standards. It's, it's not breaking any grounds there by any, by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Like just doing side quests for people, uh, unlocking safe houses as I'm running around the the map, and it's it's really good. Troy Baker's the voice of the main character, so that's always fun. I like hearing his dulcet tones uh, speaking to me as I'm as I'm playing the game. Oh, makes Troy things nicer. Baker. The new Nolan I, North. He is. I I don't know. There's something about it. His voice is so calming. It's like I've got some sort of like ASMR reaction to his voice. <laughs> it's nice, but um, yeah. There's so much stuff to do in there. Uh, the fetch quest, like all, all the side quests, most of them are pretty much like fetch quests. Go here, do this, come back. Uh, but they all feel a little bit different. Like they've got like a little tiny spin, whether it be something to do with the storyline, a little bit more about these other characters in this world. Uh, and it's sort of, yeah, I'm kind of invested in it now. Um, it, it, it's literally on my TV at the moment. I, I, it's on the XMB. I can see dying like the following and I'm just like, man, I'm going to play some more when we finish recording tonight. It's, um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm surprised at how, how good it is. Um, the best part about the game is probably the most, I guess, game-changing part of the game is that there's a day-night system. Oh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, so during the day, there's zombies around. They're, they're tough, especially in the early stages when you haven't got much, you haven't got many weapons because uh, you've got to craft. You pick up weapons, but you can craft them and make them better and make them... They're not quite like Dead Rising ridiculous, but they are like pretty gnarly looking weapons so they're probably um, uh similar to like how dead island did its crafting yeah yeah very much so and especially considering as Techland had you know their fingers in both yeah, their pies yeah <laughs> um yeah it sort of makes sense um and yeah it's good it, it works well and like there's weapon degradation and lots of stuff you can repair them um you only have a certain amount of repairs per weapon i think that's what i've gathered so far so like after a while they break and then you, you can't repair them anymore so you you basically scrap them and then you get metal parts back so you can like put them into other weapons. But I haven't had a problem with that yet in terms of like being short on weapons. Um, I've even got a, a, a police rifle, which is really handy if I need to take out enemies from a distance. Um, the only problem is it makes a lot of noise and drags people in. But yeah, so like during the day, it's pretty stock standard fare. Uh, but as soon as the sun goes down, you start getting, well, just before, you start getting warnings from some of the other characters in the game going, hey, make sure you get to a safe house before the sun goes down. You, know, you don't want to be out after dark. You don't really don't want to be out after dark, guys. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, and then even on your watch, it'll start beeping just before uh, it hits, like, nighttime. And as soon as nighttime kicks in, it pops up saying, you know, uh, night has begun and this ominous warning across the screen. Uh, basically what happens then is you earn like double XP on like agility and power, which is like the, the skill trees that you have to uh, to build up uh, XP in, which is great. But the trade-off is there are enemies known as volatiles that are only come out at nighttime. Now they are super tough, super fast, uh, and they have a cone of vision. And if you, if you stay in their cone of vision and get spotted by one, it's basically a pursuit. Uh, you could try and fight them. I did try and fight them before because I had to do something for a story mission and I thought I could fight them off and then I just got swarmed by them and it was over very quickly. Uh, so it also almost adds this sort of survival horror element to the game at night because it's like if you get spotted, you need to run. You need to run, 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 run. It's even got like hold triangle to look over your shoulder so you can see them running towards you as well, which is terrifying. Um but yeah, and then you've got to basically run, hide, try and evade them. Uh, if you survive the night, you get like a bonus to your survivor points, which is another, I think, skill tree as well that you can level up in as well. Um, and yeah, it's it's really good. It's tense uh, of a night time. I actually kind of like going out at night sometimes. I'm like, I need to get a boost in some, some XP. I'm just going to go out for a run at night. And I'll go out and do some quests. Some some quests require you to be, actually be out at night time and complete them at night time. Um, but if you don't want to do anything at night time, apart from the, the main story quests or whatever that you need to do at night, you can sleep at a safe house and it'll skip it to morning. Nah, don't be, nah, don't be a scaredy cat. Nah, fuck that. The only time I've done that really is to make it night time so I could go out and actually start doing night time stuff. Um, but yeah, for someone who doesn't like you know, on the record, very well known for not liking horror games. This is like the, this is the, the yardstick. This is like dead space or like the yardsticks for how I like my horror, especially. So you don't like them scary? 
No, no, it's it's still it's. I like them tense more than jump scary. Um, having said that, had a couple of jump scares, um, not like scripted ones either. Like I'll just be running along because at night it's obviously very dark and you've only got your torch. So you, I'm running along, running along, running along, and then like a zombie will bump into me from the side, and sometimes they can grab you, and it like starts a quick time event where you have to mash X to like break out of it. And um, yeah, at night time that's fucking scary, uh, <laughs> but. It's really, really good. It was just on sale uh, for the Halloween sale, but it's um, it's not anymore, unfortunately. But I'm sure you can pick up a copy of it at like EB or JB, somewhere really cheap if you really want to play it. Um, and I highly recommend it. It's it's a good... It's my stopgap filler game at the moment until the next lot of releases come out. Um, so I'm going to try and plow through as much as I can of it. Uh, like I said, I haven't even touched the story, the the... the DLC packs, which have um, add vehicles and a new location to it as well. I'm excited to get into the vehicles and start mowing down zombies in them, uh, which would be kind of fun. I should also note too that there is a an invasion system as well. I haven't had it on just because I'm I can't be fucked dealing with it. Um, but basically, other players can enter your game as a like a volatile zombie and hunt you down. And you can do that to other people as well. It's called the Be the Zombie mode. Um, I might try and dip into that eventually, but I'm just enjoying the storyline, the single player aspect of it at the moment. So it's good stuff. Good stuff, Kyron. I'm enjoying it. It sounds good. Mm, it is. It is. It's a solid, good game. Just does everything right. Uh, the other game I've been playing is a game that's been out for a little while now, but it's just come out on mobile this week, and that's Party Hard Go. Uh, Party Hard, you might have seen, uh, is an indie game uh, by Pinnacle Pinnacle Studio, uh, Pinnacle Games, sorry. Sorry, it's it's spelt weird. It's P-I-N-O-K-L, so Pinnacle. Saying it out loud, it makes sense now. (laughs) Um, I was trying to think of how to say it before, and now I actually said it out loud. It's like, oh, I get it now. Um, Yeah, so it's basically a game where you play as... The setup, I think, is it's like, it's 3 a.m., your neighbours are having a party, it's time for you to stop them permanently. So you go over to the party and you kill everyone. Um, That seems like escalation. Yeah, it's super escalation. Uh, I didn't realise I had a storyline through it now as well. It's actually got a, like, there's cutscenes in between each party, quote, party, uh, that you go to. Um, And I think the best way to probably describe it, it feels like Hitman with mixed with Hotline Miami, uh, which is, it's great. It's super fun. Uh, and on a mobile, it works really well. You can use it with uh, touch controls where you can just like tap to go somewhere, double tap to run. Um, I tried using those, didn't actually like them as much as the virtual stick. I think the virtual stick works a lot better uh, and there's not a lot of buttons that you need. Um, you are, There's, a, there's a, a run button, there's a use button that's like contextual. There's a big old stab button, which is the biggest button that you have. Uh, there's a pickup button, and I think that's it. There might be one more. I can't remember. The sprint button. Did I say that? Uh, anyway. You you have a sprint button. That's the main thing. You have a sprint button as well. Um, it's really, really fun. Uh, it's great. It works really well for a mobile uh, game as well. I've been sitting on the couch while I've been watching podcasts on TV and stuff. Uh, and and playing it because it's it's a really good just sort of kick back play it each round takes around about like each party takes about 10 minutes 
depending on how well, like I usually take like the first minute or so to like scope out the party, see what kind of traps there are around that I can use to grisly murder people. Um, if you get caught, the cops come and you can get spotted by the cops. They can chase you down. You can evade them. Uh, there are other later parties. They have bouncers as well that will stop you from getting into areas, but you can like, if you sneak up behind them, you can stab them in the back or you can kill them with traps like, setting a car off that drives across the stage and wipes out a whole bunch of people. It's um, it's super violent. It's got this great pixel art style to it as well, though, very much like Hotline Miami. Um, and yeah, like I said, there's a storyline that goes through it as well, and it's like a really bad B-grade like cop story, and it's told through, like, a, like there's a cop that's like a gr- grisly old cop that's being interviewed about the, the party hard murders, um... And he's uh, telling the story about how he went through it and involves his daughter and all this sort of stuff. Um, I'm about, I think I've done the first five parties. I think it says there's 19 plus a few more bonus levels as well. There's also unlockable characters that you can do. So you can go back through with different characters. And I don't know how they work yet because I haven't unlocked them. And I don't know how to unlock them yet. But at this stage, I'm really enjoying the game. It's so much fun. Like every now and then I'll just like, I don't know what to play. I'll just play around with that, pick it up and play it. Uh, it's really, really good. I've been meaning, I've wanting to play it for a while now, and I heard that they were doing a mobile version of it, and I was like, I'm going to hold off. I feel like that would be a good mobile game. Uh, and it got released this week, and I saw some early impressions saying, yep, thumbs up, it works. It works really well. Give it a go. Uh, it's a little on the expensive side for the App Store. Uh, it was, I think, Australian. It was about $10.50. Um but when you think about it, that game's going for nineteen, twenty dollars on the PSN and Steam. So, and it's the same game. And so, I, I, I had no problems with that whatsoever. When it's a game like that, I don't really mind all that much, because um, I noticed that Steam World Heist also launched on the App Store this week as well, Karen. Oh, really? It did. Yeah, I didn't know that was coming to mobile, but apparently it is, and it's out for the same price. So, again, that would be a game where I'd go, yeah. That game's being sold for twenty, thirty dollars on its own, let alone the DLC that goes with it. So, I mean, you're getting a pretty good deal if you don't mind playing it on a mobile device, which I don't. I'm the mobile gamer guy of our group. I think there's, I don't, I don't think there's anyone else. I think Brendan used to play some, but he sort of doesn't anymore. So, I just like well. it a big screen. Yeah, no, it's totally. I get it. Like, I understand why people don't like playing mobile games. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I I don't have that problem. I like being able to have like a little game like this in my pocket and just to, to whip out and play every now and then. Uh, so yeah, that's been my week. Really, really fun. Sounds good. Lots of, lots of murder. Whoa, Joel. Murdering. You can't just say that. You yeah. can't just say that you've been doing murders. Yeah, uh, virtual murders. Come on. It's fine. Is it? I mean, I guess. Yeah, there, there are those like, who would argue that it isn't, but you know what? It's 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 the central point of the game, (laughs) you know. It literally says at the start, like you know, go and kill everyone at the party. They're having a party next door. I guess when you put it like that, it's fine. Go and go and kill them all. Then it's it's. I just love the 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 idea of it, like that that one line setup of like it's three a.m. Your neighbors are having a party. It's time for you to stop the once and for all. You're like, because it reminds you of those times where like everyone out there has had those moments where you're trying to sleep. Someone nearby is having a party and they're being really fucking loud and it's like three or four in the morning and you're like, just shut the fuck up. Um, obviously, 
you never act on those impulses. You, you say, oh my God, I, I want to murder them so badly. Never do it. This is like a nice cathartic kind of <laughs> now you can. way to take out that frustration. Now you can murder them all. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, that's been my week, among other things. But, you know, those are the two I've been spending the most time with. Well, that, times. that sounds good, but I think it's time to hop into the old news. Into the news desk. You can you can take us in, Joel, because this is actually a pretty... How, how it worked out was pretty funny. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Karen. Uh, speaking of things that finally happened, we had the Switch. That's happened. We've made the Switch. Uh, Blizzard finally... <laughs> shock horror... Announced uh, and showed off Sombra for Overwatch for the first time this week. Good times. Good times. And she's playable in PTR. She is playable right now in the PTR. So if you're lucky enough to be playing on, on PC, she's there. You probably already know that. You're probably already playing with her. So, you know, let us know how she is for us. Again, scrub console players. <laughs> um, but yes, our good friend of the show... Steve Tonky Tonkin says to us, he wants us to talk all things all things Sombra. He asks, are we happy with the ARG, nope. her skill set, <laughs> etc.? Uh, yes, we've talked before about the ARG. Kyron clearly isn't. I, look, it's not their best. And even uh, even some of the character designers from Blizzard that came out this week and said, yeah, Blizzard don't do ARGs well. They, I, look, they did say that. To their credit, they did, but then they were also saying that they were ultimately happy with how the ARG played out, which, well, yeah. it's an ARG that let, but was just like, oh, player base, what are we teasing? Yeah, was, we'll tell yeah. you BlizzCon. That's all it was. That's, yeah. My thoughts which on is the what... ARG was just, ugh. Yeah, like, looking back on it, it was a little drawn out, I guess, and that, but, you know, it's all good. She's here now. She is here now. She's here now. Um... And what I've seen of her, she looks... I'm super excited to play as her. She seems like a character that I'm actually going to play a lot of. When Anna got announced, I was like, oh, awesome, cool. Sniper, I'm terrible at sniping. Um, a sniper, no sniping, if you will. Um, and, like, shooting teammates to heal them, I was like, I don't want that pressure of having to land that shot and heal someone when they're calling for healing. I don't, I don't need that pressure in my life. Um... But I don't know. Sombra's Sombra's skill set looks pretty damn cool so far. She does, and but that's half a problem, Virgil, because obviously when Sombra comes to consoles, she'll come with the new quick play as well, mm-hmm. which is the no hero stacking like in competitive. So basically, oh, yes. it's first person to pick Sombra wins. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yes. Um, I think there'll be a lot of people like trying her out in that uh the one v one arcade. That'll oh, be yeah. a good place to try her out in Definitely. as well. Um, and there's also the practice arenas. You can tool around with them in there as well. You could set up a AI match if you wanted to and fuck around with it. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it because Kyron, hack the planet. That's... Oh, it's one of her voice lines. It is one of her... I saw that and I, I, I've got coins saved there. I'm absolutely buying that. As or, soon as she goes live, I'm going, yep. All of, my, all of my money is going towards buying a bunch of somber stuff, honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Because that's the thing. Um, I, I definitely want to use her a lot as well, but because of the rules that are going to be happening, it's going to be first come, first served. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, you know, I mean, if we get a team together of six, we'll all take it in turns, <laughs> or even five, like, fuck that one last person. 
that solo cure. They can they can deal with it. Um, yeah, I I love the fact that she can hack turrets, and the coolest thing that I like is that she can hack med kits. That to me, I look because there's been so many fucking times when there's been a punk ass little tracer, and I've almost killed her, and she's just fucking blink dashing across that one of those like med kits until it respawns and I'm like, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna snap your neck when I get my hands on you, Tracer. And so for, for me to just be able to go, nah, sorry. Oh now I'm gonna finish you. What are you gonna do about it now? You can blink dash over it all you want, like it's not coming back for however long. I'm very curious to see how much she is nerfed in the console version because it sounds very yeah. much like she's very OP at the moment. Oh, of course. And I think we were talking about this with someone last week um, during PAX when all this got announced. Um, the Blizzard do that where they sort of... It seems to be like they, they drop these characters and they go, all right, dial it up to 11. Everyone goes, oh, she's so over, they're so OP. Oh, my God, this, this, and this. And they go, all right, cool. What exactly is it that is OP about them? And then they take their fan, their feedback from their fans and then tweak it. In a, in a further update. And it's usually a pretty quick turnaround with that kind of stuff as well. It's true. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with her my, when we finally get our hands on her. My driving force for playing her is just to get play of the games with her hacked highlight intro. <laughs> That's it. It's so I'm cool. I'm playing as her just to get that. I love it. It's, oh, I love it so much. And she's, I, I like her character design as well. All her skins, because I've looked at all her skins as well. They look great. Really, really keen to, to, to get my hands on some of those. Um, but yeah, she seems like a character that I feel is up my alley. Um, I really want to see how those SMGs uh, handle as well, or her SMG handles. Given the skills up her sleeve, I don't want it to be too good, man. She's already got a lot of tools. That's very true. Even if it's like a you know short to mid-range on it, it's not so you can't like snipe with it or anything like that. I would say short to mid-range was probably the best place for it to sit. Mm, I guess with an SMG as well, that that would make sense in terms of... But I mean, also, pistols aren't supposed to be snipers and hello, McCree! Yeah, well, I mean, McCree, I guess it helps that he, has, he can have the range, range advantage because up close, if he could only fire at that speed... Or fan the hammer, which is all of his bullets. Like I don't know, it's yeah. pretty rough. It's yeah, I guess it's you know you've got to be pretty good up close with it, like you know, with aiming, um, with that fan the hammer. Because if you fuck it up, you're like, yeah. well, well, guess I'm reloading. Like Thirty seconds of reload. <laughs> mm. But no, I'm really excited to get my hands on her and her ultimate. So her ultimate's the uh, this like EMP essentially, isn't it? Basically, yeah, it seems to knock out anyone nearby. Yep, and knock the not like disables their abilities as well. I think is it. I don't know if it. I. I. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Like, like, like I said, we haven't had hands on with her yet. I haven't watched too much um, stuff because I, I, I. When I pick her up, I want to kind of explore her myself. Yeah, yeah. Um. That's that sounded that sounded terrible, Karen. I'm not gonna well, lie. That's you. You chose <laughs> to take it that way, <laughs> Karen. It's me. Of course, I'm gonna take it that way. Like. You can take that up with Sombra. She's probably not going to like it, though. Yeah, I don't want to fuck with Sombra. She's 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 a boss ass bitch. She is. She's not taking anyone's shit, honestly. Oh she, god, no. Her, her her um, just how much of a troll she seems to be is again one of the things that's just drawing me to her because she. Oh yeah. Obviously, May is fan favorite for trolling, but yeah, I'll troll a May as a 
as a Sombra. I can't wait to, like, you know, hack a Mei and disable all those stupid, shitty ice moves. Oh, if you could disable her, um, her fucking turtle shield heal, <laughs> that'd be handy. Oh. She's like, turtle shield, you're like, nut, fuck off. I hate Mei <laughs> Die. so much. Uh, I guess, you know, they're setting her up as, like, you know, a more obvious troll, whereas Mei was sort of an accidental troll, I guess. Real, I don't know if she was, man. Some of her moves... <laughs> they feel like they were meant to be troll moves. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, in terms of a character perspective, um, because Mei's this lovely, sure, lovely Chinese girl. Yeah, I believe it. She is. If you take away all her abilities and everything like that, just look at her from a character perspective. I can't, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't. But if you somehow could, like that's impossible. You know, she's she's sort of you know, it's more her abilities that make her a troll, whereas Sombra seems like. She doesn't take it. Didn't take shit from anyone. She doesn't work for anyone either. That's that's the other thing to take away from her. Short. She she's a, you know. She's a lone wolf. She's out for herself, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. I like that though, which is good. Um, because it's sort of setting up. It's like, all right, well, what are your real motivations here? Like, what's what's going on? If we're talking storyline wise in terms of, uh, like character background and whatnot, um. But that's not all that got announced for Overwatch, is there? I mean, the the inevitable release of Sombra, yes. That's very exciting. Um, but as you mentioned before, there's... there's uh, the weekly brawls are being changed now. It's being called the Arcade, I think is what it's being called. Yeah, and it'll mm. have playlists, was it? Yeah, it sounds like they're setting up, like, playlists now. So, like, you go through and it's got... A, it's going to have, like, all those... The, the types of modes from the brawls... And some new ones as well, and you play through a playlist, I guess. Um, that's the way I... That's my understanding of it anyway. Uh, but they're also adding in a new 1v1 mode and 3 versus 3 mode as well. Which is cool. I like the sort of... The the, the, the showdown 1 versus 1 uh, mode sounds really good, because I feel like that's going to change the way that you would play a lot of characters. Well, basically, to win 1v1, you pick Sombra. Well, yeah, and just stage, and just yeah. knock out their abilities, and <laughs> yep, yep, that's I guess that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I'm really looking forward to seeing those kinds of you know one v one me bro kinds of matches. Um, yeah, um, it's a lot of new stuff coming to Overwatch. Well, again, if you're on the PTR, it's already there. So I have to say, have well, we're on the topic of Overwatch. I've really mm-hmm. hated the Overwatch community on PS4 this week. Oh, yeah, they've been rubbish. It's been absolute trash this week, I'm hasn't not sure it? if it's them just sort of rebelling against Blizzard going, no, soon in quick play it'll be one player per hero. Mm. Or if it's just coincidence. But yeah, there's just been so many... And again, I know that it's all in good fun and we have to, yep. we have to get good and counter the strategies. But sometimes I just don't care enough and I just... I just don't want to be fighting for Reapers because, I don't know, it's not fun to me. Yeah, I look. I, I, I get some people like to have that and, like, you know, they're like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we all went Torbjord? <laughs> I mean, we did it once. Like, we were those guys. Yeah, we have done it before, but, like, when you're playing, when you're, like, three matches deep with the same people and you're, like, you know, you and I were playing the other night and we were playing with the same people. We got, like, paired with the same people after three matches sort of thing. But the third match is like, all right, Okay, can we just can we have an actual match now? Can we just can we actually pick like legitimate characters and and 
have a normal balanced team that'd be great and the same goes for the enemy team please could you, you maybe have a balanced team as well like yeah not all go Widowmaker and just like <laughs> all right sure why not it yeah, yeah it, I, I don't know i don't know whether we were just really unlucky the the couple of times we had a chance to pick it up this week or whether it was just you know that's the way it is at the moment yeah again from what i've gleamed on the reddit a lot of people aren't happy with the what they're doing to quick play. Right. Personally, I'm all for it. I mean, if, and I'm especially totally all for it. if Blizzard thinks this is the best way to keep the competitive mode hand, like you know healthy as well by introducing yep. players to it here in quick play and then going, okay, now if you're used to it here, you can go to competitive and play with some stakes. Exactly. It's more like a practice match than anything. Now, yeah. Which is good. And, like, and I if, feel like... If you want to play as if... like six McCrees, you can, there's a no limits mode in the arcade. I was going to say, there, so in the arcade, there is a part where you can do that. Yeah, of course. So that, that's uh, it'll be good. It'll sort of separate the real competitive who only want to play competitive and nothing else, even when they're solo queuing crowd, and the let's all be dickheads and trolls and and play six Widowmakers against <laughs> six Torbjorns. Like, there's, there's a good middle ground. Quick play is going to be that good middle ground for people like us where we're like, I'm not feeling, you know, the pressures of uh, of competitive today. I just want to play a few rounds, get some XP, but have like balanced teams. People actually having some sort of strategy, yeah, going into a round, which is good. Excited, excited, excited. Uh, what else? What, what else happened to BlizzCon this week? Well, I mean, for the last late last week, I believe it was there was the the, the final of the Sombra leaks, which basically ended up leading to the Sombra announcement. Yep. Uh, also leaked that at that same time was a very interesting piece of key art from what looked like Diablo, the, uh-huh. a necromancer. And shock, horror! The necromancer is coming to Diablo three. That's happening. Woo! Blizzard obviously is just like, yeah, we're gonna put the necromancer in. Fuck it, everyone loves him. Fucking why not? Right? Like he, the necromancer from Diablo two is cool. He's fun. He can bring back, you know the dead to life as an army and also has corp explosion, corpse explosions. So it's guaranteed good times. Who doesn't love a necromancer? Like, yeah, exactly. He can't go wrong with a necromancer. At this point, it sounds like he will be he and like, because uh, it's Diablo three, there'll be a, a female and a male necromancer, obviously. Right. But it sounds like they'll be added to the game, but it doesn't sound like there's going to be heaps of like a new act or like new content for you to explore as that character. So I think it's just the class and like the abilities and the portrait stuff and that right. sort of stuff. Just dropping, yeah, just new new, new, class, new character to play, a new class to play. Yep. Uh, cool. They also announced a new, what will now be a new annual event in January for Diablo 3, mm-hmm. which is essentially like a, a throwback to Diablo 1. It'll be this sort of cool. like, a, like a gauntlet, I guess, of like Diablo 1 content. And it'll be, it sounds like it'll run every year in January, which is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. They did it for my birthday. That's lovely of them. So How you, kind, Blizzard. If you like Diablo 1, there you go. I hope they do a similar thing for Diablo 2. That'd be cool. Uh, you would think that if they're going to do it yearly, then they they might alternate between them. Yeah, maybe. Fingers crossed. And then by the time, by the time like, you know, because we get Diablo 1 next year, Diablo 2 the year after, by that time, Diablo 4 might be out, and then it's Diablo 3 and Diablo 4. I don't know. Who I, knows? I could really go with Diablo 4. I really <laughs> I've got to finish Diablo 3. Like I, just, I started it about six times, and I really like it. I just haven't sat down and powered through the rest of it. You can blitz it. Yeah, maybe over summer. 
But uh, yeah, so that like there was other stuff at BlizzCon, like they announced the Overwatch League, which sounds really cool. Sounds really cool. I'm 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 already looking forward to picking a team and and having my having my team and watching my my weekly matches and whatnot. <laughs> it's gonna be my sports. I'm I'm actually really looking forward to that. I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, yeah, this sounds really. I, I got sort of like kind of giddy, excited thinking about it, going, Ooh, it's, it's like a sport, but I understand all the rules. I like it. But yeah, that's good fun. That's that, those are the only things that I really took away from BlizzCon. Yeah, that's. I, I guess that's the only thing that really stuck out, and that, that you know, BlizzCon's always like you know, started to make itself like you know, big announcements for that kind of thing, and it's sort of you know, this year was sort of like okay, there's some cool stuff. The biggest announcement was something we already knew. All right, um, but you know, it's all good stuff that came out of it. It wasn't like there was any like massive disasterish kinds of stuff that came out. So, I mean. People kind of like exactly called how Sombra would be revealed. Oh, absolutely! As if they weren't going to do it that way. Yeah, but I must admit, having watched it and how they did it, I still kind of liked it. And hearing the crowd like get behind it as well was like, all right, yeah, okay, it's cheesy, but it works. Um, and the cosplay as well that came out was insane. Some of that cosplay stuff was just mind-boggling. Yeah, well, you, I mean. We we were talking about the Overwatch cosplay at PAX, and I can only oh, imagine Jesus. that it was off the chain at, Some fucking at BlizzCon, like you know, be yeah. Blizzard convention. I've only seen bits and pieces here and there, but holy I'm, shit! I'm pretty sure I saw a really good Sombra that Blizzard basically funded, as far as cosplay yeah. goes. Yeah, I did say that as well. There was an, a, an amazing Reinhardt that he was essentially in a walking suit of armor, like he was on stilts and stuff like that as well. Like he was towering over people. It was bonkers. Um, but yeah, that's all our BlizzCon coverage stuff that we <laughs> that we like. Um, what else have we got this week, Kyron? Uh, the next one is is just something that I've it's been sort of been floating around, still in the rounds this this last week and a half, and it's the mysterious situation that Titanfall Two has found itself in, where it's oh. a game that's really good, it's getting good critical you know yeah. reception, cam- campaigns apparently really fun. And even Great. even from from like you know like players as well who actually have bought the game and saying they really liked it as well. It's... Yeah, so that's fine, except for the fact that it didn't sell very well. Well, Joel, it didn't. No. Dur- no. Why is that, Kyron? I wonder why that oh, would be. Geez, it could be because it came out a week after Battlefield One and a week before mm. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. I don't know. That might be yeah. it. Yeah, but having said that, Infinite Warfare is not doing super great as well no but call of duty will have legs yeah exactly it's call of duty i mean i must admit i've i looked at picking it up this i almost picked it up this week because i realized that the zombies mode has split screen co-op so i was like okay maybe and i i pitched it to my wife and sort of said hey look it's co-op zombie slaying in the 80s and she was like okay so i think at some stage we'll probably pick it up and i'll play through the campaign and whatnot. Well, that's the thing. I hear, the, I hear the campaign in Infinite Warfare is good, but the multiplayer yeah. is rough. It's so, uh, Which is yeah. interesting. Yeah, there's uh, there's already been... A, apparently on PC, like, it's like a it's like a wasteland, isn't it? In terms of multiplayer, I think I read somewhere. It's, it's like there's no one on. It sounds like EA might be finally getting their way, man. They're getting their yep. win. Yeah, I think, I think definitely of the three shooters that have launched within three weeks of each other or whatnot, I think Battlefield 1 is the, the clear 
winner, which is impressive because all three of those games are apparently great for one reason or another. But the inter- and the thing that makes it interesting though is it is it's dice that took the risk. Yeah, they yep. they went back to World War One and holy crap, it sounds like they they pull off a miracle. Yeah, yeah, like I. Uh, who, Infinity? Who did, is it? Infinity Ward did this. Is Infinity Ward? Yeah, it is. Infinity so they Ward. were already so, on thin ice. After, I think it was Ghosts was the last Ghosts. one they did, and Ooh. that one did not do well. Was very rough. Um, I mean, like they, you could argue that they took a risk as well by going further into the future. Um, mm, I guess, but it, yeah, you know, I, I, not as much of a risk. It's more of a safe risk because there that, is such a thing. That was sort of a way that they, those games were building. You know, they were building yeah. that way. Whereas Battlefield was building the same way and then went, eh, fuck it, World War One. Fuck it, World War One. Um, I, I look, I'm, I kind of want to pick up all three of them at some point, and I'm probably, I probably will, um, just to play through single player. I like, I tried the Battlefield One beta didn't really click with me but then i real i read later that the map that i was playing apparently is the worst one in the game uh which is like the the desert one well yeah and, here's if like cuz i'm definitely going to pick up battlefield 1 at some point that's right. that's absolutely happening i okay. saw i was also the same i hadn't played a battlefield in ages and when i played the battlefield 1 beta i sucked and i was just like oh, yeah. shit maybe this game's not for me but the more right. i think about it the more i do miss like battlefield 1 the multiplayer is very much it's, there is so much going on at all times. Mm-hmm. Like, we've been playing a lot of Overwatch this year, which is good. Yep. But more often than not, the matches fall into the same sort of motions. Yeah. One way or another. That's true. It's, the game's good, it's really good, and it's really fun, but there's, there's usually a certain way the games go. Man, Battlefield 1, there's giant blimps and tanks and buildings exploding and yeah. people desperately crawling across the ground. I've never really played a Battlefield 1 game. The most... A Battlefield game, sorry, in, in general. Uh, the most I've played was... I played the single-player campaigns for Bad Company 1 and most of 2 before my PS3 died, and then I never went back to it. Um, but and, and I played... The, the most I've played in the multiplayer of a Battlefield game was when we played the Battlefield Hardline beta, Kyron. Oh, God. Which was fucking hilarious fun. It was fun. Um, I probably the, wouldn't buy it, but it was fun. I almost have a couple of times. <laughs> I almost have when it was just been stupidly cheap. Um, yeah, Hotwire was that game mode is hilarious. Like King of the Hill, but you're actually the, the hill is moving. Um, oh my god, we sideswiped that guy in the car when he was like hanging out the window. We just like cleaned him out. God, that was fun. Um, but yeah, like I, the more I see, the more I watch people play Battlefield One, the more I'm like, okay, I, I guess. I, it's going to be a game that I'm going to have to put hours into to get better at. For Battlefield 1, especially if you want to go into multiplayer, you at least need a squad of, like, five people. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, so rolling off randos isn't as fun. No, no. Unless you're communicating with them, and then it can be a bit better. Yeah, I don't know. Even um, then, I just there's something about just being in a squad with your buddies. It's the same yeah. reason in Overwatch. Like, sure, I could communicate with the strangers, but I want yep. to play with my friends. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It makes it more fun, and you have those stories you can tell. And you're like, "Oh my god, remember when we did that?" Yeah, yeah. You know, have those like your war stories. Um, but anyway, but, okay, so I, Titanfall two, like, I don't know. It's a shame. It's a real shame. Of the three of those games, that was the one that I was, I was rooting for the most because I I really like the look of Titanfall, 
the original Titanfall. Didn't have an Xbox One or a PC good enough to play it. And when they announced it was coming to PS4 for two, I'm like, great, going to get on board with it. Um, but I just haven't. Yeah, it's and so confusing. It's weird. Yeah. Because apparently it's I great. S- yeah, and I still want to play it. I do really want to play it. And I've gone to like go, maybe I'll get it this week. And then I'm like, no, I'll buy Dying Light for 30 bucks instead. <laughs> I'll play, like, I'll buy oh, the old game. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'm just, all my, all my, what I've been playing this week have been like, you know, six to 12 month old games. So I'm catching up on my back catalog of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, the campaign seems really, really good. I, maybe I'm just worried it's going to make me want to cry a little bit. It'll make me sad because I know that robot's going to die. I mean, you that, know, like, that is entirely going to depend on how attached they can get me to that robot. I don't know, like, just from watching the trailer, I got kind of, I got a little attached to it. Yeah. The trailers made me a little attached. I'm like, oh, oh. Apparently he makes, like, really stupid jokes through it. I'm like, yeah, okay, we can be, we can be friends. <laughs> I can get on board with that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, they're all three, they're three games I'm going to pick up eventually. Just, I don't know when. It's just a shame that Titanfall 2, it's baffling. Why? Why did they do this? I mean, they, they, EA claims they had that release date nailed down in advance. Like, sure, okay, but why? Like, Battlefield but, 1 was always going to come out and storm the, the gates. Yeah, it's exactly. It's, it's EA's flagship shooter IP. And also, like, you know, okay, yeah, sure, you, you've nailed that one in. Uh, last I checked, EA, you run the company, it's your company, you're not answering to anyone else. Fucking change the rules. Go, all right, maybe we shouldn't do this then. Like, it seemed like a really, like, convenient bullshit excuse. And the other thing that's sort of confusing about it, and this this is not a huge thing. This is something I heard some people, I've heard over the course of a week, people discussing the fact that it's called Titanfall 2, but it, and which is fine for Xbox people, but on PS4, you see Titanfall 2, you're like, uh, well, Titanfall yeah. 2, do I need to play Titanfall 1? You don't, obviously, because Titanfall not 1 clear. had no single player. Well, it had it had storyline through the the, the yeah, players, but, but it was it was bullshit. Yeah, it was nothing. Yeah, it's basically the first real Titanfall game. So I yeah. don't know. Yeah, it's there's a lot of weird choices from EA, and I'm not sure how much of it is how much of it is EA and how much of it is is respawn. But it's just a I can't, really weird situation. Yeah, I can't remember where I heard it um, from what podcast I was watching or something like that. Where, where they they said that their theory was that EA purposely sent this game out to die that Respawn had been working on for so long and slaving over, sent it out to die so that the the Titanfall franchise would be shut off and, and Respawn can go and work on Star Wars games. That's Which so, they are. Like, I really... If that's, like... I did see that and that's so cynical and it makes me so sad because I don't want that yeah. to be true. I don't want that to be true either, but, like, from a, from a business perspective, like, it makes sense... As awful, as awful as that is. I mean, they've already got heaps of studios working on Star Wars games, so I don't know. Oh, God, yeah. So many desks, Karen. So, so many, many desks. people at desks. Um, I don't know, it's just, it's another one of those those gaming mysteries that we'll probably never get the full answer to. It's true. But uh, it's it's interesting to, to sort of speculate, I guess. And the, over... the other thing as well is why it's weird is because Titanfall's also doing the free DLC thing. Yeah. No season like, pass. It... It should. It, it has, it's a recipe for a 
like a success. No, I'm not talking like taking on Battlefield One head on and, and destroying it, but like it should be selling somewhat. Those are all good selling points. It's a decent single player campaign that doesn't overstay its welcome. The multiplayer is like they've built on it a little bit from what the original Titanfall was, and it still feels really fluid and fun. Free DLC for forever. I I don't know where what's gone wrong with it. It's a it's a weird weird situation, and I just it, I, it's just been something that's been mulling. I've been mulling over all week and thinking about because I just don't understand. Yeah, well, it's good. We got it off our chest. Got it off our chest. <laughs> it's good. No, it was, it's good. It's it's something good to talk about. Like I mean, it's a it's a good sort of, you know, not so much just necessarily a news story, more of a an opinion piece, a, a hot take, if you will, on what's what's going on with that because. Like I said, we'll probably never find out what exactly happened. So, well, especially with uh, AAA being as expensive as it is, really, like oh, games yeah. can't afford to underperform, which sucks, mind you. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know, mm. just weird. Uh, anyway, go and go and go. If you vaguely, I, I can't. You know, this is a bit pot kettle black. But if you are vaguely interested in that game and you have the money, go and buy it. Like. Go and check it out at least. I'm I'm definitely going to pick it up in the coming weeks. I think the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm going to. I really enjoyed the beta. I did enjoy playing the multiplayer in the beta. It was a lot of fun, and I would like to get like sink my teeth back into it. It's uh, Overwatch has changed me. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, it's yeah. definitely on my radar, but I'll pick up Battlefield One first. Yeah, I'll look, actually, well, look, having said that, if you're going to pick up Battlefield 1 first, then I'll probably get that. <laughs> and I'll play with you. You, uh, <laughs> you go where people are. Well, well, yeah, and I guess, hey, look, that's probably another thing. Like, Exactly. You know, there might be people like me that are like, I really want to play Titanfall 2, but all my friends are getting Battlefield 1, so I should probably get that yeah, and play with them. It's, it's I'm going to enjoy that, but... <sighs> EA. Speaking of EA... Yeah, well, they had some some relatively good news come out this well, week, at least some okay news. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Monday was was it Monday, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, I think it was Tuesday for us when it came out. Yeah, yeah. Well, technically Monday was N uh, seven day because November seventh. I get it. Yes, um, I get it. <laughs> uh, it's you know widely renowned as uh, Mass Effect Day. So, what better day than to drop a new cinematic trailer for Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, and a whole bunch of information as well. So much information. I did not realise there was that much information oh, out there about it, Kyron. heaps. Like, the Game Informer info dump is huge. If oh. you can go track down a copy of Game Informer, get it and flick through it, because it's, it's meaty. Yeah. I, I kind of want to, actually. I because we still get Game Informer in Australia, yeah. I might go. And, yeah, I might go into EB and see if they've got a copy of it and it's pick like it up. Five I actually want. <laughs> yeah, I might read it. Like it's because that's. I kind of want to know more about it because the stuff that I've heard and paid attention to, at least anyway, has definitely piqued my interest. I mean, I'll, obviously, I was getting the game anyway, if not for myself, for my wife, who is Mass Effect crazy, um, and for one important reason that she's crazy about mass effect is the multiplayer which is making a comeback it is there'll be a beta at some point for ps4 and xbox one Mm. you can sign up for it it's tedious for me at least because i tried to sign into my ea account i was like excellent i got (laughs) in 
And then they were like, hey, you should assign a public username for this account. And I was like, cool, Lemon Man X. And then it, yep. it just was just like, this already is taken. And for a second, I was wondering, did I already have one? And then I gave up and signed out and never went back. <laughs> I have actually haven't tried it. I opened the window, went to start doing it, and then got sidetracked by probably by Party Hard Go and then didn't go back to it. Um, but I, I should sign up for it. I really should. Um, just to download it because I, if I'm not playing it, Ash will be. Because when we had a lot of good times playing that multiplayer. We did. Back in it, the day. It was a shame about what happened with Inquisitions, honestly, because they tried to take that idea and put it in it, but it didn't work. It just didn't work. Yeah. Didn't feel, it didn't feel right. I'm still surprised uh, how good the multiplayer was in Mass Effect 3 because I had so written good. it off immediately. Yeah, it was like single player, like story driven, choice based, like uh, shoot RPG shooter with a fucking multiplayer. Nah, get get the fuck out of here. We don't need that shit. Turns and out it was fantastic. Just super good. And that's probably the first game that I played online in like whatever shape, either competitively or cooperatively, mainly cooperatively. I mean, that's what it was. You, but, you can only play cooperatively. Yeah, but like, you know what I mean? In terms of everything, that was the first game I played online consistently. Yeah. Because uh, we played so much of that. We played um, like tens of hours. To be fair, oh, yeah. half of that time was spent dealing with the PS3's garbage menu system. Well, that too, it was pretty, you know, when we could find a, a match together, when we were all sitting in the same room, when I'd lug my PS3 around to your house, and we, and there was four of us sitting in the same room, we still couldn't get a fucking game. And we'd successfully manage to send the invites and go through six different Mass Effect menus just to oh. get into the games. It wasn't great. And loading screens, yep. like six loading screens as well. Yep. Oh, Jesus. But anyway, <sighs> like, so, N7 Day, we've got our, uh, I guess you could really say our first real look at Andromeda despite the fact yeah. that we've seen this there and this here and blah 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 so it's been a kind of a mess yeah it was it was like that trailer was it was good it was okay I it was good I didn't really take anything too exciting away from it no I was like oh cool it's coming alright uh, I've seen a bit more of it now oh great Um, so it was it's it's called this uh, cinematic trailer isn't it Something like that. Yeah, it's like the cinematic trailer or something. I can't remember exactly what it is. but um, So apparently the first look at gameplay is going to be coming at the the Keelys in a couple of weeks' (laughs) time. The Keelys. I love that. I'm so glad you you brought that on. Honestly, it was on the internet, but I saw it, and ever since then, it's all I've called the Game Awards. Oh, I'm absolutely... I'm adopting that as well. And affectionately, it's not not a slight against you at all. I love Jeff Keely, yeah. I watched you live with YouTube Gaming today, actually, the latest episode of that. So uh, he was talking up the Keelys on that as well. So, of course he was. He's um, all about those world, like his uh, exclusive reveals that we have. World premieres. World premieres, yeah. yeah. We'll, <laughs> yeah. well, we'll get the world premiere for Mass Effect Andromeda's <laughs> gameplay at uh, at the Game Awards. So I'm curious. Keep... Yeah, I am as well. Look, we're all going to buy it, aren't we? Like, we're all going to buy I it. I mean, I guess we'll see when the release date is. We probably will, but... If it falls in the March window, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Look, we're all going to buy it at some point. At some point, but yes. Like I said, I'm probably going to have to buy it as as close to, if not on launch day, because um, if I don't, Ash will. Like, one of us will be buying that game. We'll have it in the house. So, um, because she's super excited for it. 
I just hope they have the courage to sort of tell a standalone story this time. Yeah, we were talking about this before we started recording, and I 100% agree with you on that. I think it would be great if it was just a standalone piece of, you know, Mass Effect lore. Because um, I always feel the biggest problem Bioware have with their narratives. They You can see it from Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, and just the, how that trilogy ends, I it just can't help but feel as a result of Bioware just writing themselves into a corner because they've built oh, yeah. up this entire story. And like, shit, how do we actually get rid of this, of the Reapers as an enemy? Like, how do we do it? Mm-hmm. They chose poorly, obviously. But well, yeah. I can't help but feel like I'd love to see them just tackle a single game. Like, this is this Mass Effect game is this story. It's this world. And maybe in the new trilogy that'll come after this, probably, maybe some parts will... Like you'll say that I can carry across some choices, maybe, but I just want yeah. to see like a chunky standalone adventure that I can really dig into. Yeah, I, 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 I again, hundred percent agree. I think that they should do this they, instead of like going, all right, we're going to set up this world, and then they start getting so wrapped up in this world that they're creating that they've planned four games ahead, and then not actually focus on the game that they're making currently. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, it's the lost method like oh, you know lost came out of the gate and they're like people were asking questions after that first season going are they stuck in purgatory is that where they are and they're like no it's not purgatory guess fucking what it was purgatory oh joel spoiler tags i don't like, care oh fuck off if you haven't seen lost like i was never bleh. gonna watch the rest of that show i just don't care spoiler alert it was fucking purgatory <laughs> all along when they said it fucking wasn't going to be um look yeah so i they they paint themselves like you said they write themselves into a corner and and screw themselves over by thinking too far ahead i think they get a little carried away because they, they look they write a good story but yeah sometimes the culminations they, of those stories don't always live up to expectations no but they also create a good universe so why not just focus in hard on something in that universe and then focus on that for a 30 40 hour game and then Cool. All right. Now let's maybe and all all the while still thinking, keeping those ideas of like, oh, we could set this up. We could set this up. Put them away. Put them. <laughs> put them in your back pocket. Use them later. Stash them away. Yeah. Put them in your cap. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, use them at a later date. Yeah. Uh, no one's gonna blame me by where. Like, I'm not no. saying like this is an important Mass Effect game because we all played Mass Effect three, and sure, it is three quarters of a really good game. That last yep. quarter that I really don't like, it sours me so badly on that. Yeah. Just that IP at this point. Like it's I, it's it's gonna be I'm looking forward to it, but I'm really scared. Yeah, I, I like I'm cautiously optimistic about that game. And I think I've been on record as saying that before that I'm cautiously optimistic about it. But the more I hear about it, the more optimistic than cautious I am. But still, there's that caution there. There's a couple of little red flags still going off that I, I I need to keep myself in check for. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you want to check out all that information, there is a bunch of it out there online. There's some screenshots. There is that cinematic trailer. There's a whole bunch of information about. Um, it seems like the Paragon system. Are the the Paragon Renegade system going to be gone? Oh yeah, that's gone. Uh, um, class system is gone. Basically, yeah. you can freely spec your character. But if you spec far enough, you'll get, like, class bonuses. I like that. It sounds cool. It sounds like, like, yeah. Man, there's there's so much information out there. I'm honestly surprised 
go and check it all out, I'd say. Yeah. Because we, yeah, we can the... really build a whole podcast out of the info dump. Oh, we really could. Well, maybe we'll do like a Mass Effect-centric one after the Game Awards. Maybe. After the we'll... Game Awards episode that we do, and then, yeah. God, too many episodes coming up in December, man. Karen, we we had so many months, like so many weeks of just like, not a lot going on in the games world this week. Like, yeah, but that's before the games period of the game year. Yeah, you know, now it's all happening. It's good though. I like it. We've got stuff to talk about. Good meaty stuff to talk about. Oh, Karen, I'm seeing what's next up on our list. I'm going to let you take this one. This, one. this is all yours, baby. This one's just a small thing I chucked in here because... When we, when we recorded, it wasn't really appropriate to bring up, but that game company has teased their new project finally, after me sitting here waiting desperately to hear more. Mm-hmm. Simply, the project is titled currently That Next Game, which, you know, <laughs> fits with their, their company's title. What we, we, we know nothing about it, except that the, it's, they put out three bits of art, and they were all gorgeous, especially the uh-huh. uh, green planes with a little arc and the clouds which had yes. like a little sparkle on it sort of felt journey plus flower vibes which gets me excited uh but apparently it'll be about giving or giving will be involved i have no idea what that means <laughs> all i know is that that game company who've already got a sale out of me because journey just special special game the most special game i think i've ever played yep just take my money that game company Kyron, let's face it, they've not got one sale out of you. They've got about five sales, because you're going to buy it for yourself, and you're going to buy it for all of us I, like, before we even get a chance to actually spend money on it ourselves. I would if I could. Like, I bought Journey on PS3, then I bought the special edition on, on disc, mm-hmm. and then it came to PS4, and they were like, okay, Journey's coming to PS4. If you wait until tomorrow, like, when it goes live, we'll give you, like, if you bought it on PS3, we'll transfer it across, and you'll get, like, a free copy via cross-buy. Oh, no, no. No, I bought that game again. Yep. So, yeah, I'll buy it on PS4 and then on PS5 as well. Yeah. And uh, look, this will be a multi-platform one as well because this is their first one away from Sony. So right. maybe I'll get to buy it on okay. the Switch as well. That'd be good. Ooh. More platforms to buy it on, please. Maybe Switch exclusive. Switch exclusive. Imagine. That'd be amazing. Like, live a dream. Make the yeah. Switch, but we'll see. Making the Switch. I Are you worried that this might end up being a little bit more resting on their laurels a little bit. Is this something that is, or or do you have a hundred percent faith? This is going to be another, I have have faith pivotal moment in the gaming industry. Like if you've even played flower and gone to journey, like you can still see bits of flower in journey. Like their games do sort of build on each other. Mm. And yeah, I mean that, that one main sort of shot they put out of the arc with the clouds does seem very much like journey plus flower. And if that is what the next game is, <laughs> give it to me. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Give me an amazing look like a gorgeous game. I don't think the soundtracks by Austin winter for this one. I think they're using the flower oh. composer, which is uh, Vincent somebody. I forgot his surname. Okay. Which is fine. Cause again, flower had really nice relaxing music. Yep. Uh, and, and and Austin's doing quite a lot now. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a big he's a big he's man. He's high demand now. So, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to bring it up because that game company are amazing, and you should all play their games. No Absolutely. excuses. No, no. I must admit, like I I didn't play Journey when it came out, or Flower for that matter. And now having played, I haven't played a lot of Flower, but I played Journey at least through once or twice. 
Um, and yeah, there's something about that game. It's just, it's good. It's, it's good therapeutic, stuff. whilst also yeah. being amazing. Nice and it's it's a good way to sit down and spend like two or th- like a couple of hours yeah. and just unwind, and then get really like tense and invested, and then okay at the end, and then get really sad when you get separated from your mysterious buddy. Yeah, yeah, oh yes, oh yeah, that's really sad. Yeah, like that. Uh, that's <laughs> the best thing about that game. The the way they did that co op was just fucking genius. Yeah, love those yeah, it guys. Was. Yep. Get your little dingy ding. Yeah, little little chimes. Just little chime pings. to your buddy. Yep. Pinging everyone. Yep. <laughs> oh, good times. So basically, oh. bring it on, Bat Game Company. I'm ready. Karen's, Karen's waiting for you with open arms. I'm in. Like, I'm already in. <laughs> I saw the Twitter account and it was just called Bat Next Game. And I'm like, cool, I'm in. You made your sale. That's, that's the name. That's what they're going to go with. That's too. fine. Like, I don't care. That's, that'll be it. It's that next game. They're not wrong. What is it? Yeah, something. It's a thing. You go, all right, cool, yeah. Give me. VR exclusive, Karen. I'll buy VR. <laughs> imagine that. That's not out of the question either. Can you imagine Jody in VR? That'd be incredible. That would be actually pretty cool. Imagine being in that world. It is a gorgeous yeah. game. Or imagine, like, f- Flower. But, like... You like had to move your head instead of the six axis to move Sorry, around. You would throw up. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's really true. Things, things move quite fast in that game. After they can a while. get real quick, especially when you yeah. start going down the va- like the little gullies and valleys, and you're picking up speed. Yeah. Oh, you would throw up for sure. I kind of want to play it though. I kind of <laughs> want to see. I want to experience that. That it'd be like a like the most relaxing roller coaster in the world. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm stressed out, but it's so pretty, and I'm okay, and I'm feeling all right. I'm going to throw up, but it's so nice looking. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of things that might make people want to throw up. Wow. I don't know. Like, hey, that was the best I had to work with this segue there. Um, I'm sure there are better sure, ones. Yeah, there probably was. Um, the, the NES Classic Mini launched this week worldwide to a bit of a debacle. Holy shit, it was a disaster, Joel little bit little bit of a controversy with this one i don't know what the numbers were like in the city but i can tell you if like if you didn't pre-order at eb games and either of their two waves yep where i'm from the grand total of like nest menus that i'm aware of you were able to buy on the day was 30 <laughs> yeah no i that's i don't know yeah again i don't know numbers for around my area or anything like that but yeah that's i i think most stores Especially the department stores got about 18 yeah, each. it was not much. Heck, That's... we didn't even get the individual controllers, but I heard that Target had two of them. Far it's, out. It's crazy. That's... It's insane. Well, what's what's the... Okay, no, I, I do... I get why they do this. I understand why they do this. It's dumb to do it this low, but I get the meaning behind it. Because then people go... It's that thing of like... Look at this thing. And people go, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, you can't have this thing now. And then they go, but I want it now. We call it... Give it to me, please. We call it the iPhone technique. The iPhone technique? Yeah, well, that's it. It's not, Obviously, you know. they're not as bad anymore, but I still remember the iPhone days, in you know, earlier. Yeah. If you didn't pre-order, that was it. You weren't getting an yeah. iPhone for ages. And everyone's got their cool smartphones, and you're like, I wish I had exactly. one of those. 
but now Apple don't need to do that because they have that brand integration. They've got that 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 market down. They've got that ecosystem down. But I mean, they don't need to do it anymore. I mean, here's Nint- the thing: we don't know that that's exactly what it was. Well, that's true. Nintendo but, may have just simply underestimated because, let's be honest, no one's wanted their shit this year. Yeah, but also look at Amiibo when they came out. Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't know. It's it's hard to see. Like, I guess I can see why they wanted to pull back a little bit. But surely, like, you have to look at that from, like, just on paper. It's got 30 games, it's nostalgia, it looks great because of nostalgia, and it's 100 bucks. It's under $100, it's $99. And it's coming out just before Christmas. It's the perfect Christmas present, really. It is. It is a perfect stocking stuffer. If, if someone in your family, like, if you're, like, it's perfect for grandmas to go, oh, my, my grand my grandkids love playing video games. I don't know anything about it, but I know that's a video game. It's under $100. Bang. Christmas sorted. Like, and the kids would be fucking stoked on Christmas Day to, to have that. I know I would be. It's, like, awesome. Like, yeah, that's great. It's, it's really strange. Uh... It is worth mentioning that I did see a tweet from EB saying that they would have more, like, a very limited number yes. up for pre-order on Monday, Monday. at 12pm. Yep. And Nintendo Australia also tweeted out, and I think posted on Facebook, that they will be doing a second run in early December. Yep, so that, that one that EB posted about, that's what that's part of. Yeah, I figured it would be. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. there's going to be more coming, but yeah, it's it's a, it's been a massive release, honestly. I think that I guess it might be like them just testing the waters, going, "Do people actually want this?" Oh, oh wait, they do want this. Let's fucking crank up the production because it is it is free money for Nintendo, really. Like I can't oh, imagine is. these things are expensive to produce. And this is all like you know, this is all this is a stopgap filler until the the Switch comes out. So like, why wouldn't you? I guess they kind of all went, went all in on the Wii U and that didn't work out so well, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, maybe they were being cautious because, yeah, Wii U didn't do so crash hot and the 3DS, even though that's doing well, it's definitely in the drop-off phase. It's dying off. So they were like, I don't know, let's just, let's see what happens. And then they were like, whoa, okay. Yeah. But surely, I'm, I like, I understand wanting to be cautious about it, but just, I, you've got to look, someone had to have stood back and looked at that on paper and gone, this is a fucking gold mine. <laughs> why? Like, why? Why aren't we shipping these to every single person in the world? Because they will pay money for this. Hey, Joel, have you looked them up on eBay? <laughs> oh, I don't even want to, because because scalpers make me fucking furious. Yeah, scalpers are basically the scum of the earth. I think Absolutely. we can agree on that. Uh, the amount of times I've missed out on concert tickets and then seen like literally minutes later on eBay for like three or four times the the the, the asking price originally. It just infuriates me because I know that those people have bought five, six, seven tickets at a time. And then it's like, yeah, cool. I'm going to have one for myself. Sometimes not even for themselves. They'll just resell them. And I'm like, that's, I, I, it, it makes me so mad that you're taking away this joy from people who. It, it sucks. But I may as well tell you the rough sort of going price for one of these Nest Classics. It it varies between three hundred to four hundred dollars. Fucking hell! It's crazy, and you can get a three D. You can get a three D. New three D S XL for cheaper than that, and two games. You could nearly get a PS Four Pro, and that came out this week. Actually, that's that very price. true. That's very true. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I don't know. It's just again that was something that I wanted to also bring up, just because I 
don't I just don't understand. It's been a weird sort of thing for Nintendo that this shit went crazy. We'll put that in the uh, the, the the EA Titanfall two mystery basket. The well. mystery basket's like what happened, Nintendo, and then yeah. it's like mm, we don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just just uh... a little tiny. Little tiny poopy in the bed. Just a little tiny one. <laughs> Nintendo would just shrug and go back to doing what it is they're doing. It wasn't. It wasn't full on shit the bed, but it was. It was a little bit. Oh. It was like, oh, oh, mommy, I had an accident, and it's like, oh no, pat on the head. It wasn't like fucking disaster zone. I tell you what, though, Joel, I love the idea of like all these scalpers asking for four hundred dollars, and I have seen people bidding on these damn things oh, because and, people are idiots. And, and then Nintendo Australia, and Nintendo Australia, and I assume like the other Nintendo divisions around the world, just going, yeah, there's more coming in December, guys. So maybe don't jump on the four hundred dollar thing just yet. Yeah, fucking chill out. Like, remember remember Amiibo when you would. People would buy mm. those and scalp them for ridiculous prices until Nintendo went, yeah, we're doing it in a second wave. So just, you know, maybe maybe throw on the brakes. You know, just a yeah. suggestion. Oh, it's, yeah. There's actually a really uh, interesting, I've watched most of it, uh, an interesting um, Game Theorists episode about Amiibo and like that whole that whole thing. It was really interesting. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, go and watch that. It's really cool. My Amiibo stare at me every day. Yeah, mine sort of do when the cats haven't knocked them all off the fucking unit. Seemingly um, going, why? <laughs> yeah. I, I like them. They look cool. They, they do look cool. My, they sit there with my Disney Infinity figures wow, as well. I've got a lot of them. Karen, I'm thinking about getting Lego Dimensions. Yeah, that's on the, you, Joel. That's on you. The more I look at that game, the more it looks really fucking good. Again, that's on you. That's a choice uh, you have to make with your, like, You have to come to terms about yourself and reach a decision I, uh, on your own. I'm, I may have put it on my Christmas list. <laughs> so, uh... The uh, the wife knows about it, so hopefully, maybe, I don't know. I I don't know. It looks cool, but we'll see. Poor Nintendo. Yeah, like heck, like this is like in a way though. Man, that like they're building to what could like we are another switch is probably going to be scarce as well. So you might want to slap a pre order down on that thing while you can. No, oh, yeah, Since I should, it, really it, should do that. It sounds like they'll have what was it like two million units or something like that. For the yeah. first month, which it's not it's not much, guys. It's not much. So, but I don't know. And at the same time, as much as this frustrates the hell out of me, I I just like seeing Nintendo's name in the news again. It feels good. It is good. And for for <laughs> I guess you could say positive reasons. They're really yeah. popular, but they didn't provide the yeah. units. Question. Yeah, mark? That's, that's yeah yeah. Good work. Um, Burgundy. <laughs> um, yes. So if you, uh, did you did anyone out there manage to get their hands on one? Let us know. Can we have a look at it? I, I'm going to try and get one if I can pre-order one on Monday from EB. That'd be great. But honestly, I just don't have the money this week. Otherwise, I'll, if, if it was if it was Wednesday next week, I probably would have put a pre-order on one. But because I don't get paid till Tuesday night, so if if this NES one leads to a Super Nintendo one, that is pre-order the second oh, that goes shit. up, like immediately. Yeah. Fucking yeah! I throw my wallet at whatever screen yeah, that thing appears that on. That has just, to happen because I need that in my life. I punch my fist through it with a wad of cash. Just go. <laughs> it's appropriate. It. it makes sense. That's what I would accept that. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on that one. Oh boy. But All right. That brings us to the end of the news, though. The news segment. The news. The news. There was a lot to talk about this week. A lot of, a lot of good stuff that actually impacted on us. Some, some uh, tasty morsels of information. Tasty. Some, some, 
Nice little tidbits there. Tidbits. Uh, so we did have a bit of a, uh, a, a listener question before from, from Tonky. So thank you very much for that one, Tonky. I didn't thank you before. Thought I'd better do that now before I forget. He'll get you if you don't. He will. He knows where I live. Actually, no, I don't think he does. I can tell him, don't worry. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell him. Shit. <laughs> Fuck. Give me a call, um, Tonky. I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. So our question this week that we have... Our, our, our one and only, apart from Donkey's question this week that we have is from Dialogue Options staple question asker, Sean. He's really inquisitive, Sh- okay? He is, he is. And he, I tell you what, he has some good questions. He does, he up does. Some good conversations, so I, I can't argue with him on that. Uh, he asks us this week, most people consider gaming just as a hobby or something to do. For others, such as yourselves, he refers to us, it's a full-on passion slash obsession. What is it about gaming that makes it such a prominent fixture in your lives? Tell me, goddammit, he says. Well, he's, he's desperate to know. He is. He's, uh, he's hanging out. We, did, we didn't do an episode last week where we asked the question, so he's just been... That must have been building up inside him. <laughs> he's just been itching to ask that one. He's just like, yeah, he was like crack addict sitting there. Going, I need to ask a question. <laughs> I gotta know. <laughs> uh, what is it that makes it, that's so fucking crazy about this pastime well some would say. for me it's the main literally the main reason is people people read books people watch movies people mm-hmm. listen to music like my version of all of that is i fucking play video games yeah i don't know it's, it's something about it that's just i i enjoy i enjoy playing them obviously but i enjoy talking about them yeah which is why this podcast started in the first place is because i enjoyed having conversations with you and our, the rest of our friends I enjoyed having those times where it, whether it be on party chat or sitting around a table having a beer or having something to eat or just sitting on a couch somewhere and just talking about the news, talking about games that we like to play, talking about games from our childhood. Like, I don't know. There's something about it I just really enjoy. It's just, it's yeah, it's just really hard. It's really hard to pinpoint the exact reason, but they're just so much fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's so much out there now and there's so much... There's never been more to play, which is amazing. There's so much, yeah. There's so much out there. And it, whatever type of experiences you want. It's like you want, you know, narrative-driven, like non-confrontational cinematic experiences. You got it. You want to go in and shoot everyone off and rip someone's arm off and beat them to death with it in VR. You can do it. Like, it's everything's out there. And it's awesome. It's oh, it's, it's exciting. And the other part for me is I also, it's also video games as a thing I enjoy, besides when I'm playing them, I've also taken to watching other people play them and also following the industry has been really interesting as well. Yeah. And again, that's, again, that's what's led to this podcast is like, we really enjoy looking into how, like the behind the scenes of the, all these sort of things and how, how games are made, their marketing as well. Like I, I find the marketing stuff really fascinating. Um, there's something about it that's really, really cool. I like watching commercials and how they're made and sitting back and going, well, that trailer was good, but I didn't really like how they did this and they didn't really show much of this. And it's interesting to see like and, and, and speculate uh, over the way that things are put together, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Mm. It just, yeah, it's just a... As far as interactive mediums go, it's just where I'm at, like... Again, like mm. I said, people people will sit down after a long day. Maybe they'll chuck on a, a net some Netflix or a movie. I'll sit yeah. down and switch on my PlayStation or my 3DS or my Nintendo Wii U and chuck a couple of hours into a video game and be like, "Sweet, 
That was good. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it. it I, I guess for me, it it gives me whether it be playing the games themselves or just talking about them or reading about them or watching other people play them. It gives you that 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 uh that I guess a dopamine shot. <laughs> it just makes me feel good. You know, they're just so damn interesting. Yeah, especially at this point in time, like there's it, there's never been a better time and a more accessible time to be a gamer or into video games. For not using that terminology, <laughs> uh, you know. I, but I mean, it's I do I don't like using that term, but it is the most appropriate term because you know we do play video games. You would be a gamer. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's never been a better time to to jump in now. The landscape is plentifully populated. Yep. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're listening to this and you don't play video games, then how how the fuck? Thank you, first of all. <laughs> but how the fuck did you get here? Uh, yeah, where, where did you find us? I'm really curious. Yeah, that, I, I actually please let us know. Like, contact us. I want to know that. Um, but yeah, it is a really really interesting time. Especially again, another thing just about why video games are so good is the way like we've seen the way they tell stories of has evolved in such an interesting mm. way. Yep. Like, who would ever have thought 20 years ago we would be so heavily emotionally invested in characters in some of these video games? Yeah, When they were just absolutely. like little sprites sort of running to the yeah. right and maybe jumping on enemies. And here we are with full-blown narratives with complex characters with intertwined like motivations and you're just like, holy shit, this is incredible. Yep. And there's something that, that, that speaks to that as well that you... When you're watching a film, I guess the filmmakers are trying to have that emotional resonance and that connection with the character in that film where you go, oh, I know how that feels. When you're playing a video game, if it's done right, if you do it, if they do it right, you are the person who is doing that. Like that's, you, you are in control of that person's destiny, I guess you could say, um, so that emotional attachment is there or that, 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 that is a physical attachment there because you're actually controlling this person. Man, my favorite example of like emotional attachment so far this year in video games, I'm going to bring up Dark Souls because yep. it's happening. Yep. Awesome. Uh, Dark Souls 3 in particular. I guess it, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say, I'll just say spoilers because fuck it, maybe you'll care. But if you haven't played Dark Souls 3 at this point of the year, you're probably not going to or you don't care about what's in it. <laughs> That's actually, yeah, it's very true. But when you get to Anor Londo again, like that sort of, that moment could only really be achieved in a video game, I feel. Cause yeah. because of how long you spend, it, again, if you play Dark Souls 1, like Anor Londo is it. It is like, it is the gauntlet. If you get there, you're the second you land there, you are stuck there until you clear that area the first time. Right. So when you get back there in Dark Souls 3 and you see it just in disrepair, it's been trashed. The Silver Knights are still there, but the Anor Londo you know is kind of gone. And then you yep. you fight your way through, you see the dead giant blacksmith, and man, that was, that was sad, because he made me some sweet weapons in Dark Souls 1. So to see mm. his dead body there, it, it, it sucked. And then you go through the fog gate to fight the boss, and you see, you're like, oh, okay, this is Aldrich. He looks familiar. And when you realize that he's still... Well, he's either still or has devoured and become Gwendolyn from Dark Souls 1. One of the coolest yeah. characters. You're just like, 
oh, that's it, mate. You're you're dead. I'm I'm <laughs> killing you. You you come into my Dark Souls one world. You desecrate it. You kill our gods. You're done. I'm. I'm <laughs> it was that was that was probably the most personal fight in Dark Souls three. Right. Fucking yeah. video game does it, man. I wouldn't probably wouldn't have had that sort of investment if a movie had done it. Like if I'd seen a location just passively wouldn't have affected me as much i think that the 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 key the key thing that you mentioned there as well that i think is a very important factor is the fact that you said about time yeah whereas like you said in a movie you've got two two and a half hours max to tell the story even with a tv series you've got for a good you know length maybe 10 hours yeah for a season yeah um if we want to talk about emotional attachments for games that i've had this year uncharted 4 like and again like you said that could only be achieved by having played those first three games yeah which so is probably all you, up like 30 hours experience before you go into this one at least like you know and, and that's not counting the times i've gone back through those games because my first ever platinum trophy was uncharted drake's fortune um my I first it to one be was a game. uncharted 2 hey i wanted it to be a game that i loved so much and i was like fuck it i'm gonna do number one because it doesn't have any multiplayer little did i know that it didn't need to be in two either but no it didn't but anyway uh but yeah it, had you not played those three games uncharted 4 is still a fantastic game on its own legs but if you've played those first three games and loved them especially as much as i have because i just i i, I love those games i love the characters i love the gameplay even when the gameplay is shit i still love it I'm looking at you, jet skis. Um, jet skis are garbage. <laughs> and the stupid the shootouts ship. in Uncharted yep. 3, where yep, you just like, level. Uh, when the heavily armored guys just start approaching you from all angles, and you're like, oh, oh I'm yep. going to die because I don't have a weapon service. But still, I I still love... I, I, I guess I love to hate those parts, but I, it, it comes from a place of love because I love that series so much. And when you get to that epilogue of Uncharted 4... At first, you'd be like, oh, that's really... Like, if you played, not played the other games, you'd be like, oh, that's a nice little ending. Yeah, it's really cool. But if you play the other three games, you also know that four is the end for Drake. That's... This is the end for Nathan that we're going to see of him. This Maybe. Is, well, as a playable character, I, I... Maybe. I definitely think so. No, I definitely think so. Do you think so? Yep. We'll see. I guess we'll see. We'll see. I, I hope so, honestly, but I think so. I think I think Naughty Dog will stick to their guns on this. I mean, um, Naughty Dog might, but uh... but then I don't I don't want to know about that. If <laughs> if some other <laughs> I'm shit, just shit. I'm just saying, man. Like Sony, Sony has you know they've got reason to want if to some do other more. shithead company wants to try and fucking match. Yeah, I fucking cried so goddamn much. I I applauded my... Te- I've said this before, but I applauded my television as soon as that Naughty Dog logo popped up at the end of Uncharted 4. I, I stood up off the couch and applauded my television, and not just because I was trying to make it... I was home by myself. I was... I stood up and was like, fucking bravo. Like, that is so, so... emotionally hit me so well. And just wrapped up everything so nicely, and I felt so happy with everything. But again, you couldn't do that. You can do that in a two-hour movie, yes, by all means. But 
it is a lot harder to do. Um, there's just, especially in the Uncharted games, there's so many little things that, ha- like, because you could argue, I guess, the Uncharted games are basically as close as you'll get to a movie, and that's fine, yep. but there is so many little things that happen in the moment-to-moments, like, that just make it special, like, just little quips back and forth, or yep. exploring the environment and going, oh, that was really cool that I just did that, holy shit. The, the little, the lemur from 4. The lemur, yeah, the lemur's very cool. I love that, which, I don't know if I told you this, but just to go back to PAX again for briefly, I saw a girl cosplaying Nathan Drake, and she had a little pet lemur with her. That's amazing. And I was like, fucking brilliant. And she had, I, it was it was Uncharted 4 as well, because she had the blue shirt, but she also had the, the, the grapple hook rope <laughs> and the lemur, and I'm like, well done, well done, because Ash pointed out, she's like, what's that person dressed as? And I saw it and I, I knew instantly and I, I wanted to go up and just like give her a high five. I didn't, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, like you said, there's those little moments, those little tiny memorable moments. It's what elevates it above like it just being another movie game, basically. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what's that... really interesting, Joel, about about that little back and forth? What? That's like a that's like going to be a preview of our Game of the Year stuff. Yeah, actually, that's very true. <laughs> That's very true. Dark Souls 3 versus Uncharted 4. Throw in some Overwatch for good measure, and then that's going to be the episode. Uh, But yeah, so that's that's it. I I think that's that's the reasons why we love it so much. It's hard to put an exact label and and thing on it. It's just because it makes us happy. It's fun to just throw yourself into a world and just just see what those game makers put in front of you. Sometimes they'll impress you, sometimes they'll disappoint you, but... I don't know. I don't have much in the way of regrets of video games I've played. No, and I think that's what I mean. It makes us happy. And like you said, even if a game is terrible, we still take great pride and, and we enjoy talking about those terrible games, which in turn makes us feel good. Yeah. Which is the reason why we love them so much. So even a bad game still has a, a positive impact on us. It has value. Um, but yeah... That was, a, that was a nice, warm and fuzzy way to round things out, wasn't it? It was pretty lovely, Joel. I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good. Much <laughs> like when I play video games. Uh, yes, I will not do that after this because I have to go to sleep because I have work tomorrow. But tomorrow night, straight back into video games. I'm going to, I'm gonna. well, I've got to work tomorrow night, but I'm going to murder some people before I go to bed Well, tonight. okay, I know what you mean by that, but you can't just say that. <laughs> okay, hey, Karen, it's almost 3 a.m. I, I don't care. If I hear a party, it's murder oh, time. Oh, God, oh, God. I'm not I'm being your mask alibi. On. This podcast will not be your alibi. It's <laughs> not going to happen. Timestamp it. Is it? It is two. Ten past two in the morning. No, oh, don't listen to him. No, it's, this is the alibi. To say this is where I am. Yeah, I don't want them to think that though. No, nah, it's fine. That's where I am. I'm oh, totally not God. out. <laughs> I'm not out murdering and dancing <laughs> at the same time. Oh. That was what the other button was for, Karen. It was for dancing. I remember now. <laughs> oh, we got there. An yeah. hour and a half later, we got there. Bookended it. That's it. <laughs> if, we didn't start right. there, but okay. All right, Karen. Take us out. Let's do it. Let's put a pin in it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, as always, thank you for listening to Dialogue Options this week. If you would like to keep up with what we're doing on them social medias, you can follow us at on Twitter at Dialogue Options. You can throw us a cheeky like on Facebook where we are also just Dialogue Options. For if you want to see what I'm talking about, which... I guess at the moment isn't really much. It's going to be mostly Dark Souls probably tomorrow, though now I'm thinking about Dark Souls again. Uh, you can follow mm. me at X, or if you want to see what Joel's up to, you can follow him at Jolly Mac. 
Yeah. It's usually just me talking at like famous internet people. <laughs> so if you're into that kind of thing, <laughs> yeah, you come to the right place. Ah, uh, you, you look, Joel. You'll get into Twitter. It's just, just don't, don't go to the dark side of it. It's not. Just don't go there. It's not fun. No, that's no, all right. The I'm, I'm still side. enjoying it. I'm just like dancing around in the the daisy field of <laughs> happy Twitter of internet celebrities going hello, yeah. and then they like like your thing, and you're like. Oh, I'm vindicated. Like, oh, senpai noticed me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's exactly <laughs> that. It is exactly that. Uh, but yeah, so look, thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Uh, as always, we'll let our wonderful theme song play this out. As your thoughts strike with these good bitches. And we'll catch you later. See ya. <laughs>